0: Also, if you've taken a look at your bulletin or uh, maybe peeked up at, at the overhead this morning and you've seen this week's sermon title, you might have been thinking that the preacher doesn't know how to spell. Really, preacher, I mean, Mary is in the mother of Jesus. Merry Christmas, is that's the best you can do. <clears throat> we'll address that in a moment. But first, as we dismiss our kindergartners through fifth grade to children's church, uh, I'd like to have the rest of you join me for a little Christmas story. It's just a little little over a week early, and in telling this story, we're going to address the fact that the title does not contain a typo. This is our Merry Christmas story, M-A-R-Y, and it's in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 35. Would you turn there with me? Usually at this time when we jump into Luke, I like to have Luke come up and read it, but I won't do that this time, so he's tired of that. Verse 26. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And that's, uh, we're going to stop there with our text this morning. Welcome to part three of the Submission of the Christ series from the pulpit. Maybe you're thinking, Well, now I'm really lost, Josh. Uh, what does the submission of Jesus have to do with Mary? Was well, just two weeks ago in part one, when we began this series, we talked about how the Son of God submitted to the Father by the very idea of being born among us. The submission of the Christ. Last week, we discussed the reason why it was necessary for the Son of God to be born among us. Going back to the garden in Genesis, uh, Mike mentioned this earlier during communion. The answer was because of sin. This was the why sin. This morning, we're going to talk about the person whom the Son of God was born to. According to God's plan, it would take Mary to give us Jesus. Her role in this submission story is important. And so, uh, yes, while we're leading up to the greatest Christmas story of all time, uh, next Sunday morning, today, my friends, we're going to first spend some time discussing how Mary's Christmas was foretold. Let's talk about this young woman, shall we? And I realize before we uh, jump in too much that uh, often in our churches, uh, the churches of Christ, it, it's almost though we're, we're almost terrified to spend too much time or have too much discussion about Mary, the mother of Jesus, isn't it? It's like we don't want people to think we're giving her more credit in God's plan than we should. And and I understand this. In in many places, uh, Christianity has managed to get off focus in its long and winding history. But the submission of Jesus Christ, my friends, as the story plays out in our text, can only occur in the physical sense because of the submission of Mary. Do you ever stop and think about that? And Mary doesn't at one time in this Christmas narrative and on in the Gospels refuse the good news. Continue on in the Gospel of Luke with me. After our initial text, let's read where it goes. What is Mary's response to this big news the angel Gabriel brings her? Gabriel continues where we just left off in verse 36. If you've got uh, your Bibles open or if we have this on the screen behind us, let's continue reading verse 36. Verse 36. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age is also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. How does Mary respond? What does Mary say to this? Mary says, "Let it be to me according to your word." The submission of the Christ partially made possible because of the submission of Mary. Now ask yourself, what would you do if you happened to be in the shoes of this, this young woman, this girl? Would you too say, as we talked about earlier, as we sang earlier, "O come, O come, Emmanuel"? Even if this meant God, with us meant God was going to personally come into this world through you, wow, what a responsibility. But in saying, let it be to me according to your word, not probably an easy response. Mary displays the submission of the Lord she believed in and trusted. Let's discuss a couple of ways scripture shows this to be true. First, in our text, Mary is discerning. That is, Mary recognizes in her response what is an amazing call from the Lord for her life. How? Because she's a discerning person. A person who submits to Jesus Christ will follow in this manner. Discerning. There's a reason why I chose this word. Discerning, an adjective coming from the old French discerner, meaning to distinguish between or to separate. Here's an example of discernment. My wife picks out my ties each Sunday morning. There's a reason why she picks them out. There's a reason why she dresses me. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm 38 years old and a woman dresses me every morning. Just on Sunday morning. She has discerning fashion sense. I know where to find my T-shirt and jeans. You figured that out about me after four years of being here with you. So it's a good thing that together Becky and I are one. Helps me feel a little more secure in my appearance because she's discerning when it comes to Sunday morning uh, and ties. Our text tells us that Mary is spiritually discerning. The ESV actually uses this word discern in verse 29 to describe her demeanor, her response. Mary tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be from the angel. I think this text is significant. I've got to be honest with you. If an angel came and visited me one morning, um, I know I've said this before, but I still like it. It's an old one, you know, on my long commute to the office over here. I'd be wondering maybe about that meal I ate down the road or something, wouldn't you? But Mary continues to show over the course of the conversation with Gabriel that she's able to distinguish what comes from God and what doesn't. Not everybody that uh, has ever uh, had a uh, conversation with an angel has been able to discern that in human history. But Mary shows over the course of the conversation that this comes from God. And after Gabriel reveals to her that she, uh, this virgin, is going to be a mother to a child, not just any child, but Jesus, the Son of the Most High, Mary responds, how? Not in shock, not in horror, but inquisitively knowing full well that uh, Mary Mary had not been physically intimate with Joseph or with any man for that matter. She, of course, wants to know how in the world she's going to be a mama. Verse 34, first thing out of her mouth, Mary says, How will this be? I'm a virgin. Gabriel responds, verse 36, Mary understands. This is a God thing. This comes from God. Sometimes we, we hear people talk about events or, or circumstances or things that happen in their lives, and we'll refer to them sometimes as God things, won't we? Uh, a check came in the mail that we needed. Well, oh, that was a God thing. Phone might ring. Somebody wants to buy a piece of property that we've been trying to sell. That was a God thing. Uh, a truly evil person doesn't get elected into public office. A couple of years ago, that joke received genuine applause from pulpits. But what is happening to Mary here isn't just possibly a God thing. It's God himself. God is coming. And to seal the deal in verse 36, and I like this. I like this where the angel goes. The angel adds, oh yeah, Mary, your, your cousin Elizabeth, uh, she's the recipient of a God thing too. She shouldn't have been able to, to uh, have this child. She's going to. Why? Because God can do anything. And you, Mary, shouldn't be able to bear a child either, but you're going to anyway because God can do anything. It's a God thing. What does Mary say? How does she respond? What would you say? Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Wow. These are strong words. Our text says much about Mary's ability to discern. It's not easy to slow down, take your time, size up the situation, probably when you're uh, half scared to death. When an angel comes to you and tells you that God is going to be given to you as a baby? But think about it. Even years later, we see that God invested in just the right person, didn't he? Think about this. Mary had to have been a discerning person to be a young mother of a baby who was born perfect and would stay that way. Think about the family dynamics maybe you've experienced uh, growing up at home with your parents or as a grown-up with your own children, maybe just as someone who's worked in the nursery, maybe with some nieces and nephews. I want you to imagine the, the little person on the other end of this nurturing relationship that you're in is totally and completely without sin in every way. Do you think that would be a difficult situation for you? I'm positive it would have been all the more difficult, though, if Mary wouldn't have been a submissive person, if Mary hadn't been a discerning person. You know, you can almost imagine Jesus and his brothers as a a made-for-TV movie. I mean, there could be some comical things come out of this situation. Yes, I realize there are are people that believe or teach that, that Jesus was an only child and Mary and Joseph never had any children together, but Scripture tells us otherwise. Mary might have been a virgin in verse 34 of our text. But Mary did not stay a virgin. After the birth of Jesus, she did not. She is not today. This does not take away our understanding of the person of Mary, but it reminds us that she was one of us. So when we read in Matthew chapter 13.55 that Jesus had four brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, verse 56 in that same chapter tells that Jesus had sisters, and there are other scriptures, including Galatians 1.18, foreshadowing an entire book written by Jesus' blood brother, James, puts Mary on the same level as you and as me. So Mary's maybe been put up on a few pedestals over the years that she shouldn't have been literally, right? But I digress a little. Tell me how easygoing you think it would be to give birth to your very first child. He's perfect in every way, every way. And then along comes some siblings, and they're definitely not perfect in, 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 at all. And you're going to notice this right off the bat. Your oldest was Jesus. Now comes all these other kids who aren't Jesus. My mind is blown by that. I can't get past this part of my sermon. I'm gonna be on this for another hour. I love my oldest daughter, Emmeline, nearly and dearly. I'm thankful Emmeline came first because as a baby, I remember this well. Emmeline, was, was she in here? Okay, no, good. She was, she was, she was a, can I, can I say the word gassy? Is that embarrassing? Colicky, right? That's appropriate. She was, she was kind of hot-headed and it seemed like she could never get enough to eat. Couldn't, you couldn't keep Emmeline fed. I'm glad she's not just, Dad, that's not cool. Not cool, Dad. She was sitting right there. In contrast to Emmeline, Hannah, our second daughter, was breeze, remember? At one point, what happened to that? It's hard to imagine now because at this point in time, Hannah has her own problem with uh, uh, Bella, her little sister. Let's not even get into her temperament. Well, when Hannah was a baby, you could hardly get the little girl to say a few words, let alone have, have her get cranky with you. That's changed in recent years. I picked the right, none of them are down here. This was a good Sunday for them. <laughs> but I'm imagining Mary a few years after this angelic visit around the house. Poor, discerning, submissive Mary. You know, James, why can't you be like your older brother? I mean, adam would have been going through her mind, you know? <laughs> but I think having these family dynamics would have taken a lot of discernment. As a parent, as a sibling. Some people wonder why we get a scriptural gap in the life of Christ from about 12 to 30, but I don't. I've had siblings that thought they were perfect, okay? You are Cut that. <laughs> but seriously, folks, what was ahead for baby Jesus would take quite a mother. I don't think we talk enough about Mary. Mary. She had to have been quite a woman. Mary proved she was the right gal for the job by saying yes to the Lord. Let it be according to your word. She was obviously a discerning person in time as well. And maybe we wonder how. How could this, uh, how could this young girl, this young Mary, uh, be a, such a person of godly discernment? Could know when and how to say yes to the Lord the way she did in Scripture? Well, it wasn't because she, she was just lucky. You know, she just it was a good guess that this was the Lord, these words from the Lord. Why? How? It was because Mary knew Scripture. Mary knew God's Word. We see this come up in Scripture. Therefore, she was able to be the carrier of the Word. And what's more, immediately after the story in our text take, takes place, we get a glimpse of how deep her scriptural well ran. What happens next? If you've got your Bibles open, what happens? Mary goes to visit Elizabeth in verse 39, of whom the angel's just spoken. The Bible says that in Luke 1, verse 41, that Elizabeth, with the help of the Holy Spirit, confirms to Mary that Mary is once again the mother of the Lord. Mary responds to Elizabeth with none other than what a piece of inspired Scripture for sure. Luke 1:46 to 55, what we call Mary's song. Mary's song nearly sounds like word-for-word copy of one of the Psalms. Um. If you've got your Bibles open, just skim through that text, Luke 1, to 55. We don't have it on the overhead, but um, if you do just a quick skim or a quick reading of this scripture, it shows Mary understands the part she's playing out in God's story. She may not fully understand what God's plan is for every part of her life, but she knows and believes, verse 46, 47, that she's going to magnify the Lord, that her spirit rejoices in God, her Savior. I'm especially drawn to verse 50 where she says God's mercy is for those who fear him generation to generation. That, quote, he has helped his uh, servant Israel. Verse 54. She knows and she understands these things. How? She's no stranger to the things of God. She submitted to scripture time and time again. One author writes, many times in the Gospels, we read about Mary observing, Mary pondering, marks of a deep and thoughtful person. Mary might have been young and poor, but she was by no means uneducated. She knew her scriptures. As scripture pointed to the way of the coming of the Lord, she could do the same. Question stands today, do you think it's easier to breathe easy in God's plan for your life when you've read something about it? When you've been in the Word, how it applies to you. As Scripture points the way to Jesus, like Mary, maybe not in the same role, in the same capacity, but so can we. Too often it seems that God's Word, though, or the Word made flesh, just isn't enough for us, though. Too often it seems that the promise of a Savior given to us uh, for 2,000 years, although we might consider it good news, right? Especially around Christmas time. It doesn't seem like it's often good enough news for us to hang our hats on the whole year. In this day and age of, of social media, 24-hour cable news, often we'll make our life decisions on just about anything, won't we? We get an information fix for our minds, for our spirits, for our bodies from something. Doesn't matter if it's helpful or not. Doesn't matter if it's God-breathed, anointed or not. One uh, speaking of mothers, one blogger uh, at parenting.com. Uh, I like this. I want to share this with you. She wrote on the following under the title of the modern mother. My mother-in-law told me we had it much easier in my day. And I pondered this as I went to my refrigerator and pulled out the organic soy milk next to the organic free-range natural eggs and the hormone-free organic cruelty-free chicken. And as my children played with their non-toxic natural wood educational toys, not made in China or contaminated with lead paint, Later, as we prepared to leave to drop the children off at various extracurricular enrichment activities so that they might not lag significantly behind their more prepared peers, I sighed deeply and wished that I had started language lessons easier with my toddlers, because now that it's too late for them, they'll never make it into Ivy League schooling. As my children put on their hand-woven sweatshop-free clothing and we climbed into our hybrid vehicle, as I made sure that each child had their own ice-cold, purified, filtered, but slightly mineral-enhanced bottle of water, one not made of plastic, I began to understand what my mother-in-law was talking about. In her day 50 years ago, there were not the choices and options. Open to mothers today, you just took care of your children. I wonder if 50 years ago, there also weren't, you know, 550 TV channels and 750 friends on Facebook alongside a nonstop stream of individually tailored advertising coming across our phones and tablets telling us what's best for our kids either. Do you think that had something to do with it? But there was the church. And there was the Word, wasn't there? What do we live by? Where do we get our information for our daily lives? A submissive Christian home is one that is learning to live and love directly from the Word, from Scripture. That's how we know what's best for us. Just think how much better would our relationships at home be? How much less stressful would our day-in, day-out lives be if we quit worrying so much about everything that everybody says is so bad for us or our circumstances immediately surrounding us and started thinking more about what the Bible says? This Christmas, are we more concerned about the good life or the God life? Is it more about the Christmas tree or the wooden cross? Are we more concerned with our story or God's story? Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew that her story was a part of God's story because she'd kept up with the action. She knew her Old Testament scripture. And so there was no mistaking where Mary's energies would be directed in response. Where do we direct our energies? One commentator writes, the merry moments in the New Testament all point to Jesus. How about us? Mary's highlighted song, Mary's encounter with Jesus in the temple, Mary's intervention at the wedding, all the way to Mary at the cross and Mary with the earliest believers in Jerusalem. These scenes lead us to Jesus each and every time. The mission of Mary in her own life was to witness to the glory of her son. What's our mission? How do we spend our time? What do we do with our lives? Mary was willing to submit to the Son of God even before he was born to the day he died for her. She couldn't have known all of these things were coming. What about us? We don't know all the details regarding what Christ is doing in and around our lives. But we can know that our trusting to him in each and every area of our lives is submitting. Amen. Matthew Henry writes, and I agree with him, we ought to praise God for the biblical Mary. Praise God for her, for the mother of our Lord, as Elizabeth did, call her blessed. Mary had discernment. She knew God was at work in her life because she knew her Bible. And what's more, she didn't hesitate to submit to the Lord. What does that submission to the Christ look like to those who witness it? Henry's commentary continues, Mary's submission is a contented yielding. It's a faith-filled young woman whose trust in God, not trust in society and culture and everything happening around her. But her trust in God was deep. She didn't care if this was offensive. Her saying yes to God went against the social norm. She wasn't caught up in what might have uh, been the wrong thing to do in the eyes of culture. Within the last couple of weeks, we've been told throughout culture, throughout social media, uh, that we can't sing the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. If that song's offensive to you, apparently you haven't turned on a radio since 1945. But Mary wasn't caught up or answering to what was offensive to culture. Henry says we should keep in mind that this poor young virgin in Luke chapter 1 has just been told by this angel that she will become pregnant in a culture where the penalty for that in her situation is stoning to death. In the year 2018, in the state of Michigan, becoming stoned to death might have a different uh, vibe to us, right? But becoming stoned to death 2,000 years ago was a penalty Mary didn't argue against. She could have easily said to the angel, hang on now, pregnant? I'm not that kind of girl, or at least I don't want it to look like I am, and I don't want that kind of responsibility. I think you've got the wrong Ms. of Nazareth. And we wouldn't blame her if she had responded that way, would we? But she doesn't. Instead, let it be to me according to your word. I don't care what people say. That's our response. Let it be to me according to your word. I don't care what people say. Jesus Christ would submit to the Father the same way, just before his death on the cross in Gethsemane. And in the same way, Mary accepts the Christmas foretold before the birth of Jesus. And this Christ-like attitude found in Mary is shown in the text in other places as well. We read of Mary's submissiveness, the submissive spirit uh, to Joseph, for example, on the way to Egypt and back, Matthew 2.13. Mary is the one who had the visit from Gabriel, not Joseph, and yet Mary is submissive to God's plan, whether it unfolds through her or her husband. This character, these traits we see, can be a humbling reminder to Christian men and women today the way God works through his people to accomplish his will. Too often in the church, we're stiff-necked, we're Pharisaic, we're proud, we're too good for somebody, right? Who did our great God call forth to bring his son? A submissive Teenaged girl named Mary who believed in him and called herself the servant of the Lord in verse 38. What does this say about who God may choose to greatly use? My friends, the Christmas holiday is a little over a week away. And as you're making all your final preparations for your uh, yearly traditions and and worrying about all that stuff that you're going to wrap up and pass along to somebody, don't forget about baby Jesus. It's interesting, I I recently had a a conversation with someone. uh, The the man was a Seventh-day Adventist. And he uh, questioned uh, the celebration of Christmas to me. Uh, Challenged me in discussion about its pagan roots and and suggested that uh, Jesus wasn't really the reason for the season. But, my friends, when you're talking about giving away a free gift, you can't get any more appropriate than what was gift-wrapped in that manger. In verse 28 of our text, when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, he greets. How, what's the greeting? Oh, favored one. The word for favor in the original text is, is the same word as grace, meaning that Mary was what? A recipient of the grace of God. This is what the angel says to Mary. It's been misinterpreted over the years as giver of grace or Mary full of grace. The text actually says recipient in the original text of the grace of God. Mary was given a free gift to pass along to the world. For those of us who have taken the title of her son, Jesus Christ, applied it to our lives as Christians. This means that, yeah, we can walk up and down the aisles of the local stores at this time of year. We can scroll the advertising on the Amazon phone app. All those things that we download that we don't know how that got on our phone, but it's full of advertising for us. We can get information on all kinds of gifts for people as a token of our love. We can, we can spend as much money as we want on HP or Nintendo or Kawasaki or 31 or Samsung or Sony or Kenmore or Sealy or Cuisinart. Typically, one of those names I mentioned that's just right for someone you know, but even on sale, they're all going to cost you something at Christmas time, right? I just got some kickbacks, by the way. No, but I challenge each one of you to celebrate Christmas. Not celebrate Walmarts or Macy's, but Mary's Christmas. Celebrate the name attached to Christmas. Unlike some gadget or gizmo, Jesus is absolutely free. And unlike a piece of clothing, uh, as a gift, he's one size fits all. I challenge each one of us to celebrate the birth of Jesus this month as loudly as we can. To share with others freely the one who is the reason for every season of our lives. Not just this one, all of them because he chose to save us from certain death, the submission of the Christ. Like Mary, will we, will our neighbors and our friends and family and everyone else around us also choose to be recipients of the grace of God? It starts when we too say to the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. That's where it begins making this Christmas a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y Christmas. Just as the angel foretold, this is the kind of Christmas which the Word of God has promised. We're just like Mary, when we read the Word, when we learn the Word, and when we know the Word, so that we can spread the Word, share the Word with the whole world. God so loved the world. Have a Merry Christmas. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, at this time of year especially, we, we are reminded of choices that we make every day. Choices that, that will either glorify you and bring others around us to you. Or choices that we can make that are all about us. Oh Lord, our, our society and our culture and, and uh, industry and uh, life around us so often have, have taken something which can be and should be all about you as, as all the different times and, and seasons of our life. And Lord, that they've made it all about me. Lord, help us this, this season to truly celebrate submissively Lead us, Lord, within the pages of of your word. The instruction book that we have for our lives every day. Lord, help us to to take this knowledge that, that you've passed on to us in every generation, thousands of years later, and help us to truly live by these words. Help us to be reminded every day, Lord, that that you love us so much. You have an infinite love for us. Shown in the constant grace, freely given. Lord, instead of celebrating stuff, instead of celebrating Santa, instead of getting caught up in What everyone else around us says is what we should be doing. Help us say, let it be to me. Let it be to my house. Let it be to my neighborhood according to your word. Lord, we we thank you for the way you've used your people. We thank you for the example we have in our text of, of this young family, of Mary and Joseph and the sacrifices that they made. Lord, I thank you for the way you you were able to use their situation to come to us, to be born to us, to live for us, to die for us, and to rise again to show us how to get back home to you. Lord, I do thank you for a special time of year in which we can gather with our families or we can gather with our our friends and, and our church. and and think on you. Lord, help us to continue to celebrate your name all year round. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for coming to walk among us. Help us, Lord, to be submissive to you. In Jesus name I pray these things. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship His holy name, no other name. Today and forever. Make the choice now if you haven't made that choice. To worship, to fall on our knees. For the Lord chose to come among us, born as a baby, the most humble of circumstances. He's come. This is the example that we have. We have examples from scripture on how we can live it and how we can follow. May these affect us as we live our daily lives. If you have a decision that you'd like to make today, if you haven't yet become a Christian, if you haven't yet taken that name of our holy blessed Savior, Christ, applied it to you as as uh, uh, Josh the Christian or Bill the Christian or whoever the Christian, If this is your day to do that, to come forward, to go into those waters of baptism and come up a new creation, we invite you to do that. Or if you have another public decision you'd like to make, we're gonna stand and uh, we're gonna continue our Christmas celebration with an invitation song, 10,000 Reasons.